0: Welcome to Risk Chats with a Firm. Today we're speaking with Mel Thompson from the City of Phoenix and how they set up a ERM program there. Have some really good success stories and uh, interesting approach to how to set up a program at a city since it's uh, got such diverse services. And uh, I think it's a really good story. And uh, I think you all will enjoy it. So let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to the podcast. All right. So today we have an exciting guest, uh, Mel Thompson from the city of Phoenix. And we're going to be talking about their ERM program over there. And uh, so, Mel, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you, Paul.
0: All right. And as usual, we have our lovely co-host, Mr. Dan Featherly. How are you doing, Dan?
2: Well, excited to talk risk management again on a new podcast. Looking forward to discussing
0: with you, Mel. All right. Thank you. Let's get into it. Well, this is great because we love to have, you know, we have a lot of federal guests, but today we have the honor of a a city, uh, City of Phoenix. So we're really interested to see how you all do ERM over there. Um, So, yeah, Mel, do you mind just starting off giving a little introduction? Tell us about yourself and what you do over there.
1: You bet. Thanks, Paul. Um, well, I, you know, I started in the benefits consulting um, quite a few years ago, and then I went into state government um, where I was building out an ERM program for the Arizona State Parks Agency. And then I was recruited um, by um, City of Maricopa to build out traditional risk in the insurance world um, as their risk administrator for the City of Maricopa. Uh, We were just starting to really build out enterprise risk when I had the opportunity to work for the city of Phoenix. Now, that meant my commute would go from an hour to about 12 minutes from my home. (laughs) So that was a huge improvement for my work-life balance, especially as Phoenix is growing so quickly uh, these days. So I struck a deal with my new boss at the city of Phoenix, who hired me originally to help with insurable risk, traditional risk management. And I said, I would be happy to help you with insurance and renewals and coverages, but what I really want to do and where my passion is, is to build out enterprise risk management for the city of Phoenix. So we shook on it and now I'm building out ERM throughout the city of Phoenix, um, which is a much large, larger municipality and quite a, a large uh, project.
0: That's Awesome. Well, so yeah, why don't we just start off a little bit, you know, in your, in your opinion, what would you say is, you know, what is the world of state and local ERM maybe compared to what we might know in the federal world or even commercial world?
1: You bet. You know, it's it's interesting because ERM really means different things to different people. And I think that's probably one of the challenges that we've seen with just trying to hone in on what it means for public entity and, the differences between, like you mentioned, federal versus local and state enterprise risk. And where municipalities and counties and states have traditional risk management, where they have a broker or they participate in an insurance pool, enterprise risk services are really now being offered through insurance companies to fill this growing interest in the field of uninsurable risk. So insurance brokers can take their existing book of business and offer enterprise risk management as a service. So this is a very vast difference than the type of enterprise risk management consultants used in the federal you know, ERM space. Another difference that I've, I've noticed is that federal versus state and, and local enterprise risk is that we do not have a mandate from the top-down to implement ERM. And really this can be a curse and a blessing. Um, we would love to have top-down support from the get-go like our federal partners, but we also like to have the flexibility to build it the way we really need to and make it more of a customized approach for our organizations. It would also be nice to immediately have the ear of a city manager, city council, or county supervisors. However, with enterprise risk management being seen as an optional way to govern, we have to take a very different approach to prove that ERM works and show the value and the benefit.
0: So, Mel, tell us um, more specifically about City of Phoenix. You know, how, how how is your ERM program set up? Where does it, you know, where is it set up? Who does it report to? All that good stuff.
1: Yeah, you bet. We actually report to uh, our chief financial officer, our CFO, who reports directly to the city manager. So within, we have 35 departments. And um, within those 35 departments, they usually have two or three layers before they reach the city manager because we do have 14,000 employees and all of the departments. But with, fi- with finance, we actually like to be within that department. So we are a division within finance, which is the department. And the reason being is because even though we might be layered a few spots vertically, Um, to the city manager, we also uh, receive, you know, the the support for funding and resources through our CFO, and we can implement strategic planning and integrate enterprise risk into the budget process. And I think that's probably one of the final steps is when when we start looking at the maturity model. Um, We want to make sure that it's integrating with strategic planning and that we start seeing how it's used as a tool for budget and, and those decisions. So that's where I think, ultimately, it's, it's a nice place to be. I've seen um, other people where they, they put it in law, they they might put it under HR, and it really kind of uh, doesn't really get to the part where you're starting to get to the budgetary process.
0: Right, that's, yeah, that's really it's interesting that it's under, you know, the finance um, side of the house, because, you know, that's kind of where it ended up, and a lot of the federal world too is just cuz kind of they were pushing things forward and all the budgeting implications and all that so I, I, that makes sense i guess organically it makes sense for that to be a good place for it to fit right
1: absolutely
0: so so that's okay so that's good to hear so so far there are some similarities here with some of our federal world um so maybe a little bit more nitty-gritty would be interesting you know just how does how does your program operate you know how long have you all been up and running, uh, you know, what are some of your tools and techniques that you're using?
1: Yeah, you know, we, um, we're we fairly new. And, um, you know, really I've been on the, in the position only for about two to three months before I started working behind the scenes and starting to put this all together. And so uh, we've been, you know, really focused it on a lot of the research. Uh, I've been using a lot of the uh, ERM federal playbook as it came out to start looking at how we can, you know, look at best practices and things that have worked for uh, the federal space since you all have been doing it for so long. (laughs) It's always nice to see people that have more of a a mature program to see, you know, what's worked for them. Um, We also use ISO 31000. We find that that is the best universal model for us because we have so many varied risks between Library and police and fire and um, economic development. So we have so many different business units out there. It really applied to ISO 31000. When we get to our finance department, uh, which is funny because that's really where we sit. Um, we're we're going to try to look at um, moving that into a COSO model. But for now, we just really want to scale this out with 31000. And then we also, you know, we we have our risk appetite, our radar. And one of the differences, because we have to uh, move it into a different strategy, is that we're focusing on really one enterprise right now. And I know there has been conversation before on um, on risk chats about enterprise and what the definition of enterprise is. And and really, our goal, because we have to prove that it works, we don't have that top down support, as I mentioned, is that we have to look at one or two. Uh, departments and show that it works within that enterprise and then being able to look at scale that and get the buy-in from city manager once we've proven that, that it works. So that's a little bit different um, approach, but then as far as like data, data, uh, data analytics and having strategic alignment with ERM, those are very important for us to make sure that we're turning this into real value.
2: Yeah, that's, that's interesting you say that, Mel. So I guess how have you got buy-in from middle management, from lower management, from upper management? How, how have you gone about getting people excited about ERM?
1: Well, there's, there's several ways that we get, get them excited about it, but as far as where we need to start, um, we really needed to start from the middle. And there's been growing research just recently coming out um, from different um, academic areas, about middle-up research on ERM. So because we don't have that top-down approach, we have to say, okay, we need to find our champion. And that's really what I was able to do. Um, and it wasn't me, it was somebody that came to me. The timing was just perfect. Um, I was just finishing up some, some templates and things that I wanted to, to get going. And I was waiting for the right candidate to come by. And um, uh, Joe Minato, he's the, um, process control manager, so he heads up IT for all of our water infrastructure for the City of Phoenix Water Service Department, and he was searching for a supply chain risk policy, and this was back in the fall of 2022, to meet an audit requirement. So we don't like audits, but sometimes we love audits (laughs) because (laughs) that was great because because of that audit, it triggered an action for him to call our office. And I called Joe immediately back, and I said, hey, Joe, I want to tell you what we're doing. So we had a great conversation, and I encouraged him to say, hey, why don't you allow us to come in and and run a workshop and see what you think? And so he said, great. He said, let's do it. So within a matter of a couple weeks, uh, we came into the water department and worked with just his middle management team. Mm -hmm. And we looked at worst possible uh, scenario. Uh, so we ran scenarios uh, with throughout the workshop. And we also used anonymous voting, and which allows people to remove those biases when you get in a room because everybody has their own biases mm-hmm. in their group think, um, to really memorialize their thoughts and their analysis in their own minds. and so we could start putting the data together. And so once we did this, we found out that uh, within forty eight hours, he said, by the way, our team liked it so much, we want you to come back and and uh, have eight more assessments. So we spent the next, you know, I would say maybe a month, six weeks, coming back and, and working on those other nine or eight assessments, which was really interesting because we uh, involved that into their cybersecurity infrastructure, uh, which are cross-agency, cross-sector cyber performance security goals. I know that's very wordy but we were able to start yeah yeah, (laughs) right we were able to start taking um some of the regulations from CISA and from NIST and start implementing those into the workshop and start looking at tolerance levels and so forth and from those nine workshops we were able to get 37 mitigation or action plans that were created and then start tying those to Uh, budget and their strategic planning. So it was very successful. It was a very short um, experiment to see how this would work. And after that, I I talked to Joe and and, uh, he was completely committed to learning more about risk management. So uh, he put together and put the funding together for us both to go through some NIST training on risk management framework for ERM. And so now we could talk the same language. And that, that was a game changer because, um, I'm not from the IT world <laughs> and certainly not from water. And he wasn't from risk management. So that was a really great way to kind of glue that together. And, um, we've been working together since. And our goal is because I have somebody that's such a champion and understands that managing risk is so critically important and start to do this in a, through a portfolio of risk through enterprise risk, that now we can build this up to executive leadership. And so we were talking about middle management, right? So with what we've done was we've taken this, presented it to the executive water director. And he said, yes, let's move forward. And and, um, just recently we finished their risk appetite statement and we put their rationale inside of their Risk appetite statement, and now we're going to be working on this this summer. So we've we've got a lot of work ahead of us, but we're we're moving in the right direction.
2: Yeah, it sounds very exciting. You know, one thing I've found is you need to speak the same language as these folks in operations and get a common understanding of the terminology used because we're all talking about the same thing. What it's going to take to meet the mission. It's just we convey it in different mannerisms. So I guess. What's next Mel, what, what else do you have in your pipeline? Where else are you looking to get out of water, looking to other areas in the city? What's kind of in your mind on that?
1: Well, we're really excited and, and I have to give a lot of credit to Joe because you know you just can't try to, to do this yourself. It's like pushing water uphill, right? So <laughs> we, he's <laughs> been great. And um, the goal is is to take the water department now and they've got 2000 employees. And we're going to basically build out ERM um, within the end of, hopefully by the end of August, we'll have it completely fully functional with all the different risk registers, everybody understanding that they are risk owners. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at from the front lines, people out into the, um, the wastewater treatment plants, all the way to billing, to executives. Everybody will have a firm understanding of enterprise risk. So we're going to do that with a team of interns, and so this week we are selecting our interns, and then we'll be training them within the next two to three weeks um, on ERM and how to facilitate workshops and data collection and analysis. And then we'll well be on our way to not only working with the water department on full build-out but also looking at economic development, environment, our environmental uh, development, library, parks and rec, these all, are all um, departments that have requested over the course of a couple months to have us come in and just start doing like ad hoc or one off um, assessments. So we're gonna start peppering the you know, ERM and influencing in these smaller smaller areas based on what, what needs are coming in, what emerging risks they're bringing into the city. That's gotta uh,
2: be exciting for you, Mel, that all these people are coming to you asking for it. You know, in federal, we've run into some agencies where as I said earlier, it's mandated from the top down. So it kind of just gets, everyone has to do it. But it sounds like you're kind of creating a grassroots effort there with the buy
1: Yeah, you know, and that's, you know, that's the really cool part about this is that ERM can be fun. It doesn't have to be <laughs> just a daunting task, right? So we try tried to make our workshops really fun and then the word spreads. So we use third party endorsement as, hey, we liked it, you know, give Mel and our team a call. They're gonna, they'd are going be happy to come out and talk to you because risk is kind of that sticky thing that nobody wants to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, no we try to make it fun
1: risk. and seeing the upside of risk as well. Yeah,
0: that's great. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you started with the, the water services, but, I mean, gee, what, what a important thing for a city like Phoenix, right? I mean, a little, little hot out there, a little deserty once in a while. I mean, water's got to be one of the most important things, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we, we've had monumental um, storms up in our, our higher country, um, but we have no way to, to contain it. And so because our infrastructure isn't built the way we, we need it to be, but then that talks about reputational risk and how does that impact our constituents and, you know, billing and all of these other things that we need in order to, you know, really effectively uh, take care of our water resources and our environmental department. So you see those cross-cutting risks that hit other departments as well.
0: Yeah, well, you know, thanks for sharing. This sounds like you have a, a great start. I mean, you know, you got a whole city to worry about, so I'm sure you got a lot of Work ahead, right? So, uh, you know, sounds like a good start, though, and I really appreciate you sharing your story with us today.
1: Well, thanks for having me, and, and we're just excited, and we hope that we can start talking to more cities and counties and, and you know, get them involved in enterprise risk. As, as we know, public trust is one of those things that we all have to work on, and I think enterprise risk management is a fantastic tool uh, to work on on reputational risk
0: awesome well yeah it's
2: been great thanks for joining us Mel yeah Appreciate
0: it. hope to hear from you sometime soon thanks again thank you that's our show affirm.org or any podcast device I think we're cooking with heat here we've uh, put out quite a few podcasts we have many 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 more coming up uh, very exciting so uh, good time to tune in check it out get some ideas if you're looking for any particular topics or guests, just uh, let us know and we'll keep them coming. And until that next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Risk Chats with a Firm.